Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Shalila. And this is Are You Still Watching? A podcast about movies and their place in our culture. A place that gets weirder and weirder with every passing day. Yeah, I feel like the day after the Oscars might be the day in which movies are the most part of our culture. In the sense of like, it's when people are talking about it the most, maybe. Maybe even more than Oscar Day. Yeah, because I feel like that's when everybody who doesn't care catches up and then like has takes. And everything that has to hit the headlines, it's the headlines. Right. And everyone's grandma knows that it happened yesterday. Right. So this is number one day. This is it. Um, I just realized, I don't know who won the Super Bowl. I don't know if I know who was in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it just occurred to me because I thought there's people for whom the Oscars are their Super Bowl, how I feel about the Super Bowl, which is that just sort of passes without any thought. Um, but I don't understand those people because I put so much thought into the Oscars. This is your Super Bowl. Yeah, it really, it really is. I just realized, I don't know. So they, there's people right now who are in the world who have no idea. They don't know about who won or any of the dresses or the events of last night of which there were myriad. What that, what must that be like? That must be great. I, I, if you'd like to know firsthand, you could always interview my mother. A woman who probably falls into that category. Be very curious. Ooh, I should probably call her fun. and ask her if she watched. I mean, forget watched. She knows the Oscars happened and or one key event from it. Anything. That's fun. Anything at all. I want to know what she thinks because everyone in my life is involved to varying degrees. So I don't have any people that are peacefully off the internet. Yeah, it's. I, I'm assuming it's really nice inside of her head. It must oh, be man. great. Yeah, what must it be like? Well... Last night was the Oscars, uh, and since we are, uh, you know, bound to SEO like any other good podcast, here's our post-Oscars recap. Um, now, please confirm for us, Lila, but I don't believe that you've watched a single moment of the actual ceremony uh, in its original format. Is that correct? The first, like, two minutes... I was the uh, there minutes. was a brief moment where I managed to find a working stream <laughs> at three a.m. and it was just not it was just not buffering at the speed that I wanted mm. it to you know it was not it was not doing what it needed and sure I was I was looking at the clock and the time kept ticking and we actually um we did the the, the daylight saving spring forward thing yesterday so I was just getting over being cranky over losing an hour. And this Wait. was just not the day to test me. So I was like, all right, you know what? No, 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 no. No, I will not caught up today. Okay. We have to dive into that. You do daylight savings at a different time? Yeah, it's a different date. What? I thought, okay, I thought America was one of like four countries that was still even doing it because it's silly as hell. But I thought that if we all did it, I thought we were all doing it at the same time at least. It, 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 it's occurring on different dates? It's completely different. It's two weeks apart. Every this is year. just nonsense. <laughs> We're all just making this up. It's it's the fact that it's so made up. <laughs> Why don't we I don't synchronize? It? <laughs> yeah, it's not. I thought it was at least a synchronized terrible process. What is going on? This is brand new information to me. Though I do have to say that I looked it up at some point because I assumed it was something that I, I love to throw. I, have to, I feel like I have to blame somebody for this. Right? I was like, okay, well, it's probably Europe. Probably Europe chose to do a different date. But then right. I Googled it and I found like historically the culprit is amazingly America y'all moved it back two weeks like 10 years ago or like 15 years ago based on what I remember googling it was like 2007 or something and if I remember correctly y'all moved it back because y'all wanted to give children an extra hour on Halloween to trick and treat (laughs) 
That's such a weird reason. <laughs> Why on earth? What? Like that's in the legislation. It used that to be the is same. So weird. So this is like a summary of world history. It's like Europe and America come up with something that is fundamentally useless. Europe is so steeped in history that it sticks to it regardless of the illogicity of the whole operation. America finds a stupid reason to mildly change the law. But it, we're all still living in the past. And there we have it, world history. That is so weird. My only assumption there is it had to do with the candy lobby. So like basically <laughs> because kids weren't doing as much trick-or-treating, candy sales fell a little bit. So then Mars was like, get your act together, Congress. Make time different. And Congress is like, you got it. <laughs> no problem. Nestle was like, look, we need more money to do bad shit. So. Yeah. We need you to change time. And they're like, okay, got it. One extra hour for those kids. Um, well, this has been our most educational podcast yet. <laughs> I'm learning so much. Um, none of that has anything to do with the Oscars. But to be honest, it was more interesting. So I, I, I think I'm aboard with that. Not as dramatic but more interesting. Um, so there's a lot that happened last night. And if you're a person that's been alive and has been on the internet, I feel like it's inescapable. I don't, I don't know how you're feeling, but I don't really have anything to add to the conversation around the now infamous slap. I don't, I don't, I just have nothing to say on it. <laughs> I feel no, like everyone's already said everything. To say. People said it all within like three hours of it happening. So much. It's way yeah. too much discourse already. Too many takes, too many think pieces. Most of them are yep. wrong and I don't even have a take. I just feel like they're wrong. <laughs> yep. I, I really, I think I told Alex that as soon as the show ended, I was like, I feel like it's one of those things where you can hear like the world's typewriters going at the same time (laughs) of all the people who live based on like and it's not their fault but all these like mostly freelance writers who live according to uh likes and need to get out content as soon as it's happening (laughs) like you could just hear the twenty thousand people just typing away of like here's my take and i just yeah i don't have anything to add so if that's if you were really excited to hear shalila and i get into this i'm sorry to disappoint you but i just don't have anything to add i think it's I'm a lot more upset about a lot of other things. It's like maybe the least upsetting. It was exciting. I'll give it that. It was definitely exciting, especially when they cut the audio. I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) this is this is it (laughs) where I, you know, I was too young for the whole. I mean, I was around for it, but I was too young to to notice or really care with the um, Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson Super Bowl event that that created the uh, broadcast delay with which you heard tonight because they are, you know, they're basically a second ahead of the broadcast. Um, so this was that version for me of like, oh my God, they cut the audio feed. That's crazy. Uh, (laughs) but that's about it. I have no feelings otherwise beyond that was dramatic and exciting. Um, but we'll get into things that we're upset about. I'm sure. I'm sure Netflix is going to make like a, like a TV show about it at some point. Oh God. Yes. Everything that happened in the background. Overdramatized document. You're coming to your Netflix accounts where password sharing is now banned in 2023. So I will gladly, gladly wait for that and and not have my own. Uh, So you had three seconds, you said, of the real broadcast, but you have watched some highlights, some clips, I'm assuming. You've seen some slideshows. So my first and very important question to you is, as always, what outfit stood out to you the most? Ooh, I wish I'd prepared better for this. I did look them all up as everyone started appearing on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's, there's one person I think we're both going to mention, but I I want to say a few. 
I remember I really liked Mila Kunis. I liked her outfit. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Um, I liked Alana. It's one of the Haim sisters, the one in Licorice Pizza. Yeah, Alana that's Heim? that's Alana Haim. At Alana. least according to all the people I had to ask about who is Alana Haim. Because <laughs> I didn't know who that was. <laughs> well, I really liked Alana Haim. I really liked... Um, I liked Zendaya. I remember really liking her outfit uh, mm. just because she looks great in everything that she wears. Yeah. Um, I actually really liked Amelia Jones too, the Dakota star. Mm. I really liked yeah, Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal's. It looked very Met Gala. Um, I don't think I saw Maggie's. I'm gonna look it up. It looks kind of like a like a black sort of fi- how to how to explain it. It's very structured and it's got golden decorations placed geometric. I don't know how to explain it. It's very it's very Met Gala. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Oscar's twenty two dress. Uh, whoa! This thing is shaped basically. Wow, this is very geometric. You're right. Yeah. It has like a coat hanger on it, not a coat hanger, yeah. but like a coat hook. Yep. What is this thing? I don't understand it at all, but it is interesting. I quite like it. I don't know what the hmm. message is, but I'm receiving it. Yeah, I think that's what I'm at. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I kind of like it. Uh, yeah, I think this is my issue. Is I just never, ever, 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 ever remember outfits like they just don't they're not like a piece of culture that sticks in my mind so i like even like i have to go refresh myself because i just don't remember even if i liked it i don't think i would remember it um there's a couple exceptions i was gonna say i don't remember what zendaya's looked like and that's probably because anything she's ever worn after has been into disappointment honestly i wish she would just wear a suit of armor always because that's the only one I ever remember is didn't she wear a suit of armor to the Met? She sure did. Yeah. Yeah. That I think that's it. I think she should just always come in a suit of armor and she can style it differently. But like that was the best thing I've ever seen. So I don't know. It's fine. It's no suit of armor. Um, <laughs> let's see. Who else has stood out to me? Uh, 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 Cody Smith McPhee. He had that cool little blue on blue on blue one with like a yeah, cool that little was necklace. Cool. I like I don't know what color that is. Robin's egg. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I liked it. Um, that was neat. I liked Penelope Cruz's because it was like chill looking. It was chill. Um, I know that uh, Kristen Stewart was wearing shorts. I just don't remember anything else about it. I just remember there were shorts involved, uh, yeah, which shorts, is funny. A, a suit with shorts, you know. Yeah, I don't ever see shorts, Something so I think like that's that funny. Going on. Yeah. Um, I know the one that you and I are both going to talk about for sure, but the other one that jumped out at me because how could it not is. Uh, Timmy, little Timmy Chalamet in his shirtless with a blazer look. I was not a fan. I was just not, simply not. As soon as I saw it, I just started cackling like, this is hilarious. And all, I mean, I don't, I really don't have that many thoughts on Timothy Chalamet. I'm, I, you know, I, I like some of his movies. I like some of his roles. I don't like others. That's about it. I'm not on the same like crazy train that I think other people are on with him, but that's okay. I will give him this. He always seems like he's having a relatively good time. Like, he just was, like, grinning like a fool the entire time. And any joke that was being made, he was like, yeah, this is hilarious. Like, he just seems like he's <laughs> totally into it. And I like that he wore this with little to no... He seemed like he didn't even notice he was wearing it. Like, he's not sure that he's shirtless. Like, I don't, I like it. Uh, he's He's got some... He's got some... Uh, I don't know. Confidence? I don't know what that is. It's like... I don't even know if it's confidence as much as it's, like, blasé. I like it. Um, but I think the it's one giving that, NYU student is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, sure. There you go. I think the one that we are 
both talked because I texted you about it. Uh, I'm fairly certain um, late in the evening was Lily James. Am I right about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, that was that was rough. Uh, that was a rough like several seconds for me. Um, that was one where Alex had to look over and like, are you good? Because my uh, uh, adoration for Lily James is well known. Um, as is uh, my adoration for Naomi Scott. So both of them presenting at the same time was tough. That was a tough, tough 35 seconds for me. <laughs> you were pushed to your very bit. limit. I was. I was pushed to my very limit. And the, like, yeah, I just, Lily James can do no wrong in my book. So it's tough stuff. Watched Baby Driver the other day. Liked it better. That's wow. all. <laughs> has nothing to do with these movies but uh anyway that's our dress watch that's the that's the are you still watching those dresses Ooh, so that's gotta be like the least fashion informed dress watch anyone's ever heard i came up with that on the spot <laughs> are you still watching those dresses <laughs> you're still watching those dresses? <laughs> those dresses that's when we start making all of our segments <laughs> uh, we've got a name like that might as well put it to good use yeah, Are you still watching it. Rachel Zegler in that still outfit Rachel hanging? <laughs> this is where we talk <laughs> about Rachel Zegler. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the dresses. Then, well, here's what happened. So while they're all getting out of their cars and, and doing stuff and taking pictures and whatever, an hour before the show, there's awards being presented. There's awards being presented inside, with which, thankfully, there were some people inside. And that's nice. I'm happy about that. Um, I actually love that, like, uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, uh, somebody, like, commented that he was there. And I was like, yeah, he's already inside. And then they asked him about it. And he had this really, really beautiful quote. Um, I'm probably going to get it, like, wrong. But paraphrasing, he said, uh, we all are in the same house. So I think we should all dine at the same table. Uh, and that's why he, like, skipped the carpet, essentially, to go right in and make sure that he could watch editing and cinematography and um the the other categories that were were pushed you know ahead of the ceremony essentially uh which was best animated it was all the shorts i believe yes animated short documented short live action short best film editing best makeup and hairstyling best original score best production design and best sound so every one of those was done uh uh, uh, ahead of time so i just really like that quote from him i think that's like a really great way of showing his love for the craft and mm. that those people deserve to be honored too um so that's the first thing i'm going to complain about there's a i don't there should be more categories not less and b they should be showing all of them and more of them not less of them that's just my general feeling but here's where i get more confused than anything i could have ever imagined <laughs> And this is something that came up a couple of years ago, like for sure, uh, when they were talking about like doing some of them during commercials or whatever. You just can't make a movie without editing. You can't do it. It doesn't exist. Like it just truly doesn't exist. Like the, the act of choosing whether or not to cut is so fundamental to the process of movie making. I don't understand why this category was put ahead of things. I don't get it. How is this relegated to the before award show? I, baffled. 
truly baffled. And that again, that's not to like hierarchy the other ones. It baffles me that sound is there, production design is there, the whole thing. But editing and cinematography, like they talked about this a couple years ago. I can't remember who said it. It may have been Del Toro for all I know, was talking about the fact that like you can make a movie without sound because we've done it before. You can make movies without actors. You can make mm. movies without director. Like you can basically cut virtually every component of movies. But the two things you cannot cut is the camera and the editing because otherwise you're not making a movie. You're doing something else. So why are those not <laughs> like I don't understand. <sighs> That was frustrating. Um, no one else cared, but <laughs> by no one else, I don't mean on the internet. I mean, like in the room I was in, I had to explain to people. They're like, "Why does the background look different?" It's like because it's an hour ago is what you're currently watching. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was truly baffling. Equally frustrating as the decision to sort of shove these people that are a very important part of making the movie happen into you know sort of an offstage sidey thing, sort of relegating that even more than it already is, I think was the reasoning behind it. I, I was very curious, and then it turns out that the Academy president sort of wanted to make time for those montages where he said it'll provide more time and opportunity for audience entertainment and engagement through comedy, musical numbers, film clip packages, and movie tributes. Mm, I didn't feel more entertained when I was catching up. Um, yep. I thought it was truly bizarre. I, I don't know how you could be a person in charge of a ceremony that's one of the only massive, massive sort of world-renowned platforms to celebrate all the talent that goes into bringing these things to life and then think that it makes sense to show people like a clip of the flash entering the speed force and like, <laughs> prolonging the Oscars in that way over giving like the platform to the people again, who made the movies. <laughs> and yep. one of the only times that like many, many people, not just in America, but around the world have to sit up and celebrate people who are involved in scores, production designs, hairstyling, makeup, sound editing, very, very important things that get overlooked because we're sort of focusing on the stars. Just truly bizarre switcheroo for me. If there was at least a mildly understandable reason and or successful execution of this choice, I might have reconsidered. But bizarro, bizarro choice for me. If you're going to celebrate movies, you're, you, you did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. Didn't I didn't save the I, time and you stressed us out. So A hundred percent. And it, it ended up being longer. Yeah, so we know that it wasn't true. And they, the problem is they went and showed all of the speeches, like, like excerpts of those speeches again later. So I was like, well, right. you're going to show them again anyway. And you may have cut like, what you did was you you showed them. So we know that they happened. And so we know that those people were disrespected. And you cut a little bit off. So you managed to shave their words off. Like you, you did it right. in every possible way that could be disrespectful. Like at this point, don't do it. You know, cut the awards right. and you're not going to So in, in total, what? They saved maybe five minutes? Like there's exactly. no way they saved Like what, 30 much. seconds yeah. off each award maybe? If you wanted yeah, exactly. to like rush through it. I mean, again, I wouldn't respect that choice because again, you're relegating very important craftspeople. But yeah. it's they still deserve to be a part of the live show that people are watching. Yeah. And if you were going to honor those people during the ceremony in like some form anyway, don't understand why that was cut at all. Very stupid. No, I don't either. And I think you hit on what is the biggest fundamental issue of the night for me, which is that, uh, uh, like you just said it perfectly, right? This is supposed to be, in theory, other than it being a a you know 
technical like a guild show like a like a, 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 a industry show which it technically is uh it is supposed to be a celebration of film and all of its forms and it almost no part of last night felt like a celebration to me and it was so disheartening especially in a year that you and i talked about like we were pretty excited by the scope of nominations yeah not not necessarily all of them but we were excited by the way that like it was a pretty weird batch of nominations that really spanned a lot of different genres i mean even you know dune swept up last night and it's you know obviously it's a big movie and it's a big director but it's still pretty weird for sci-fi to do well at the oscars it's not very common so it's it's it was interesting and to have a year like that relegated to not only disrespect like that but the amount of jokes made during that night about movies was also really weird Mm -hmm. there was that there was one bit toward the end where they made a joke about like they had a a gift to put in the gift bag uh and it was a DVD of a movie that they something. The joke was basically something like, "Oh, here's a movie that nobody really saw. You know, a little thing that we hope to elevate." And the joke was that it was the last duel, which I, I again, I was just sort of like, "Good joke, guys." I guess like I don't mm-hmm. a hilarious joke that a fairly well received Ridley Scott movie that is, I mean, I would have rather seen it up there than quite a few of the nominees. If I'm being honest. Uh, and a movie that is pretty poignant and like probably has a lot of uncomfortable. There's probably a lot of people in that room that were uncomfortable with that movie. I will say that. <laughs> like, I think that that's about all I can say about it is uh, uncomfortable with the topics uh, and and who it is really attacking in that movie. It feels very weird to just relegate that to like a weird off joke. It was just so many things in that podcast that just didn't. Uh, I mean, the one that, 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 you know, Alex and I really stuck on because of how many we follow and our love for animation, they just destroyed animation. Like they, they threw up presenters who talked about, and I'm not blaming them. Like they read a, you know, they read a tele, uh, a teleprompter or whatever. It's not, you know, uh, not actually their fault, but the fact that the, 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 the writing for that segment was about how animation is for children and adults have to bear it. Mm-hmm. And then later on. Amy Schumer has that joke about how the only one that she has seen of the lot is in Kanto because her kid made her is so weird. And it would be weird if it was all Disney movies, but even let's, let's pretend for a second that they're right. And that Disney movies don't hold value outside of children, which isn't true. Then you still have two other movies in that category, the Mitchells versus the machines, which was a wild animated production that is definitely not for kids. Yes, and wildly wild, like interesting and and thought provoking, and and then I don't know if you've seen this one yet. Uh, Flea, did you manage to watch it yet? No, not yet. We watched it. I think the day before the Oscars, and blown away, absolutely blown away. It's currently on Hulu uh, in the United States, at least. Um, since we learned recently that Hulu doesn't exist outside the United States, <laughs> every time I think about you telling me that, it just blows my mind. Um, I, uh, I. Uh, uh, but it is a animated documentary and it is heart-wrenching and beautiful and I think it definitely deserved the best animated award for sure. I think it really challenged Drive My Car for Best International, to be honest. It, it was incredible. And it is a movie about refugees and I just cannot 
fathom that movie sitting in that category and you decide for the segment of that category to talk about how animation is for children. Which, by the way, even if it was, why does that make it worse? I don't understand. Like, why would that somehow be worse? <laughs> Just the whole thing. It, it The whole night felt wildly disrespectful to so many aspects of filmmaking and I just don't get the thought process there. Like I, I, I understand, I don't agree with a lot of their decisions, but I understand where they're coming from in the sense of like, okay, we're going to get comedians. We're going to get a bunch of people that we know that the kids make memes about. Here's Tony Hawk. Here, you know, like we're going to get people that I, I guess they assume Gen Z will care. I don't know. Right. Like nineties nostalgia for millennials and young Gen X and then memes for Gen Z. I understand where they're coming from. I don't agree with it, but I get it. Other components of it, I don't understand even a little bit. Like, do you think that people like that? Like, you think people enjoy you tearing down movies? Like, that's like a fun thing? I don't get it. Like, what's what what motivation was there? That that's what captures audiences is shitting on animation? I those decisions just baffle me to no end in the scope of all of the weird decisions of tonight. Uh, yeah. I, I think your the way you put it, that it was just disrespectful to film on a night that's supposed to be the biggest celebration is sort of the perfect encapsulation of everything that I also personally didn't like about ceremony. I felt it was just, you know, in addition to everything you said, every sort of decision that was taken, like production wise, host wise, uh, performance wise, it felt like it was all sort of geared towards being a catalyst for a an, a more interesting Twitter conversation tomorrow. And I'm talking outside mm. the big slap moment, obviously, um, yeah. than a celebration of film. Like in every possible way, I felt like they, they did something to make it just, I don't know, just, just sort of, to cater to this this world we now live in where we all just need to have one big thing to write 75 think pieces about every 48 hours and talk about on Twitter together. And if we don't have that, then we didn't do the big moment correctly. I don't know how no. else to put it. You know, like it felt like, you know, you'd watch you'd watch the show and you and and so from Encanto, like the song that was actually nominated was not even the Bruno song, right? Like that was just the one that blew up on like TikTok and everything and became, you know, the big unexpected hit. But they were like, well, it's a huge hit. We got to sing it. Baffling performance of that one. Baffling decision to have Megan Thee so Stallion in there. I mean, she, she's always great. I love her so much. I see her. I'm always happy. But again, what was the point there? It was also really funny that like Lin-Manuel Miranda's like dad like subtweeted later. Did you see that? That thing? No, I didn't see where it. Somebody basically asked like, uh, hey, um, did somebody, I think, I don't think they directly asked him. They were just tweeting in general or something like, oh, I wonder if... Uh, Megan's verse was like okayed by Lynn because it was his verse that she replaced right in, in the live performance and they mm-hmm. obviously changed a lot of the words to be about the Oscars and stuff right and uh, he sort of responded with, with a, a sort of cryptic-ish tweet that was like um, nope all of the words that were said during that song at the Oscars were written and approved by the people behind the Oscars only my son's verse is with the original words that were included in the movie that the original cast worked on it was very interesting. interesting. It just felt like like that was another, you know, like another example of it was just like, well, the people involved with these things. I don't mean like Lin-Manuel Miranda personally needs more hype or something. Good for him. He yeah. It's great. It's just that it felt like at every step they were like, what could we do that 
Twitter would love tomorrow rather than like, yeah. what can we do to bring this back to its roots, which is a celebration of film, which I thought was especially egregious because it felt like this year, especially with, you know, people being masks, maskless and actually it being the closest to normal Oscars I've seen in so long. It felt like they Hollywood wanted and needed and we all wanted and needed like a good return back, right? It was like, yes. hey, we've had this insane time. Last year's Oscars were so baffling that most people didn't have a chance to watch any of the movies. Like everything was a mess. And this year, like we've seen a ton of these in the theaters. Like, and of course, you know, COVID is very much still a thing, but there's so much normalcy that we haven't had for so long. This this industry, especially its craftspeople who rely on the money here, like really, really yes. needed this. And this is what we needed, a normal, normal good ceremony and like you said, this is like at its roots, like a, you know, an industry show. It's not, doesn't need to be like the Kids' Choice Awards for Nickelodeon, right? It's not really meant to be like a spectacle as, as it has become. Right. And the whole thing was baffling to me that at every turn they made the choice to make it like a talking point rather than an honest celebration. And I found it most sort of um, telling that like of all the awards that got, the production awards that got relegated to pre-show, like the only one people ended up hearing about was the one that Riz Ahmed won because he's already a star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah, you aren't already point. a star, does your name ever get past that pre-show talk? Like do, would people ever hear about your achievements in makeup and hairstyling? Probably not. The whole thing was just bizarro to me and all of these choices to, to I don't know, to make it a talking point and to do all these bizarre performances just felt like, Hey man, we got to get the TikTok teens talking. So completely. A hundred percent. No, I, I'm with you. You know, something actually, uh, when you just said that about the um, recognizing for celebrity, it made me think about, I think this morning, the Academy posted on Twitter, right? The, the official winners. And I think it was for editing and cinematography. I might be getting these wrong, but um, the winners for that, they put as Dune. Which, again, it felt like a weird... I'm not saying Dune didn't win. It didn't, technically. The winner of those categories was the cinematographer and the editor of Dune, right? Like, <laughs> they didn't they didn't put their name. And that was such a weird... Again, just like another example of like... I get it if ABC doesn't give a shit. That's not their job. Their job is to make money. But you were the Academy. Like, I'm not even asking... Like, this is just a tweet. You guys couldn't even take... Uh, out of 180 characters or... I don't know how many it is now. I forgot. Uh, you couldn't type the name of the person who won? Like, what are you talking about? I, I just, again, baffling things. Like, it's so disconnected now from the concept of the craft that we're starting to eliminate the people who do it in favor of the movie itself. And to me, that feels like it's a it's a, a relegation to the concept of the film as a product being more important than the people behind it. So the editor didn't win Dune did. Dune, that movie that you probably read a take about. That's the thing that won. It's like a sports team, right? You get to you get to you get to support Dune. You get to cheer on Dune. Are there people behind it? No, fuck them. It's just the concept of the movie. Uh which is just absurd. And uh, yeah, no, I I I actually really, really like what you just pointed out about I, I I'll be honest, I hadn't thought about that until you said it. I think you made a beautiful point about this should have been a time for not only reflection, but celebration of what this industry went through because right now feels a little more normal. It's not going to here in like a month, but <laughs> it did last night. So uh, I I honestly haven't thought about that. I'm really glad you brought that up because 
it does feel like a huge missed opportunity that they did not spend the night highlighting and talking about, I mean, everybody, I don't know how we didn't talk about theaters. I don't know how we didn't have, I'm not saying it, you know, it could have still been cheesy and it could have still been overly saccharine and it could have still have been bad, but at least it would have been like in the right ballpark if they had brought out like theater workers, right? Like, yeah. I don't know, give some, give some, give some free tickets to some theater workers that have a raffle or whatever. Uh, why, you know, they did this a few years ago. I can't remember. It wasn't very extensive, but they did it. I think it would have been really interesting if they would have actually done a little bit of a meta show and during these sort of periods when they normally are doing a stupid comedy bit, if we would have gone behind the scenes and asked the questions of like, all right, let's talk, like, how do we make this stage the way it is? Let's talk to our production designers. Okay, great. Now in this segment, right before we introduce score, why don't we go talk to the orchestra down there and talk about how we make the score for this evening? Okay, let's talk about like the editors, like who's deciding when to cut and how do they do it? Like, and again, all with the same idea of like, what you're seeing, what you're watching tonight is being put on by the same people whose livelihoods were essentially put on hold in a way that is pretty specific. It's not that everyone wasn't affected, but you know, a lot of conversation has been put into place with how the arts were affected. Musicians, theater, movies, everybody. And I'm not that worried about the big time actors. <laughs> like Will Smith was fine. He would have been fine. You know, like yeah. they have the money, they have the power, they're fine. But this affected other people very differently, very differently. And I think it would have been very interesting to have that, you know, I, like you said, actually, makeup and hairstylists. I would imagine that almost of any of the other branches, they had to have been one of the most demolished by the pandemic. There's no way. Because theoretically, you could still edit, right? Theoretically, I'm assuming somebody could send you a file and you could edit it on a computer at home. That makes sense to me. Like you could sit there with a camera and like, pointed at something that's a lot farther away like i'm just you know i'm imagining scenarios of what you could do i don't really know how you could still do makeup and hairstyling in the early pandemic when we all before we were even okay with six feet like what do you, you have like a six foot uh makeup brush i don't know like i just and the fact you don't take the time to acknowledge that so weird yeah super super weird to me i remember like i feel like it was maybe even just four or five oscars ago when we used to have like they used to sort of have a segment or a time dedicated to young film students do you remember when they used to sort of do that oh like these, God, these kids yes. like won some kind of award for like i think Great it was like memory. a short film that they had yes. presented it's all just coming back to me and i was like I, I remember those moments being like oh this is great because this is a big sort of stage for the glitterati but it's a little little moment where like the future of film and or just one yes. little kid who loves making movies even if that doesn't doesn't it doesn't have to be like that kid's whole life um gets to experience what it's like to to feel like their art is successful or that people love their art or this is what it's like to to have people look at you and, and see you for what you've been working on. And it felt like this was like the polar opposite of that attitude. It was like, hey, man, like, um, and again, I really don't have any comments on the whole slap situation, but I find it very sad that like what's going to come out of this is probably going to be like at months of people or weeks of people talking about like a man worth $300 million, a man worth $100 million when like there's going to be z- literally zilch talk about people who worked on makeup and hairstyling. And the whole yeah. night was like building up to that kind of thing happening. And I always find it interesting that like, you know, we'll watch these, we'll watch these shows. Like I, I assume if I talk to somebody like my mother, maybe she watched the show. Um, if I ask her what she remembers, there's almost like a hundred percent chance she'll be like, Oh, this person's speech was really nice. And I think there was like, like, I really mm, liked like yeah. Ariana DeVos' speech. I thought it was beautiful. I really, really liked her speech about like, 
you know, like having a space as like a queer Afro-Latino woman and, and yeah. you know, how people, uh, like the, the fact that like every time an award that's like notable like this happens, it is really, really meaningful to hear from these people to say that there is a space for you in this world. Like even if you feel like there isn't, I continue, like people like me continue to come up here and prove that you, you can do what you want and your dreams can come true. And you can see speeches in ASL and you can hear about, you know, people's fathers and how, you know, Right. How you you know just all these really really interesting stories and all these are sort of like the human moments that make you know the understanding and appreciating this form of art worth it and to, to sort of hear why people get involved with these projects why you know these things these stories matter to us in the first place and those are the things that sort of stick with us past the ceremony like I have gone back to a lot of Oscar speeches over the years and been like I actually really like that one let me go back to that but I don't yeah. think I ever want to be like, man, that joke by Amy Schumer, like, I'm so glad we got that on video. Yeah, no. Like, Who that knows? is just not something I want to go back yeah. to. So I find it bizarre. It just catered to exactly the opposite of everything this should stand for and especially should have stood for this year. No, I, I, I'm 100% with you. I think I, I actually, man, I had completely forgotten about that. And I'm so glad you remembered that, that they used to do that with the young filmmakers. Uh, I can't remember if it was like an Academy competition or if it was specific to like nyu or something i cannot remember mm-hmm. but you're 100 right they used to do that and it, it, for a little bit they would show i think they showed like a clip of it or something and there was one year where it was sponsored and it was like the coca-cola something something, yeah. something I, I, whatever but still it was still like okay awesome like we're celebrating that and no i think you're right i think especially that idea of like they're they're focused on getting young eyeballs on the screen but they're not focused on fomenting the love of this art in those same young people and i think it was during one of the speeches tonight i can't remember if it was or not or if it was somebody else's speech at some point but they were talking about the fact that somebody was saying that like i got into this because i watched an oscar speech like like an editor or somebody that was like i you know i watched the oscars one year and saw this and heard them talking about it and and they played like a clip of what it was like to do that. And I was just in awe and it made me want to become an editor. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I think you just touched on, right? Like they're basically just eliminating that. They're deciding it doesn't matter. <laughs> it just none of it matters. It's only about what was the big event that happened. And that's sad. Like it shouldn't, I don't, I don't know. It, even divorced from everything else we've just talked about, I, the decisions of how to get people to watch it are so weird. So weird. Again, like I understand sort of the motivation, but I don't understand where they landed. So in order to get people to watch, they decided they needed some hosts that would excite people. I, I, it, I, you know, I don't, I have no other opinions to share on Amy Schumer than I've ever shared before, probably, or Wanda Sykes or anybody, but what a weird trio. Like, I, why these three? If, if you're trying to get people to watch, why these three? If you're trying to get people to watch, why are you doing a Bond legacy introduction starring three famous X Games people from the 90s? What is happening? Why is why is Tony Hawk and and uh, 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 Kelly Slater and Sean White introducing the James Bond legacy? What is going on? I just decisions that it, honestly, for a little bit, it kind of felt like one of those like the simulations broken, like something went wrong in the coding here because. This can't be happening, right? Like, some somebody must have mixed up an invitation. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, 
I was talking about this with Alex later that night, like, especially given who was in the audience. Adele was there. Billie Eilish was there. Judy Dench was there. Rami Malek was there. Uh, Javier Bardem was there. You could have easily just had any of the Bond cast members in that audience come up and do that. So yeah. why not just do that? Even more interesting, I'm not I'm not saying this is going to get young eyes on, but I, I know this is a stereotype, but I think the world will forgive me. You want to get every dad in the world to tune into the Oscars? Tell them that every Bond, which by the way, to my knowledge, they're all alive. I think we might have one gone. Maybe one. I, I I could be wrong and we might be missing one. I believe every Bond actor is still living. To have every one of them on the stage at the same time and do that introduction, every dad in the world. <laughs> I, I, I refuse to believe it's not possible. Two billion fathers would have logged on and watched the Oscars. <laughs> like, I don't understand. It's just, and again, like, you don't have the power. It You're the Academy. They're all part of the Academy. How is this not in your power to make that happen? So strange. Um, how about we celebrate the 50th anniversary of one of the most famous pieces of American cinema and probably world cinema ever made. The Godfather will give Al Pacino, Robert De Niro and Francis Ford Coppola, mm, two minutes to just sort of stand there awkwardly and, and talk a little bit. And then we're going to play clips from the Godfather over modern music. I, so weird. I have no idea what was so happening. So bizarre. So bizarre. I've it's never so seen a more confusing thing. Um, to your point, when they played uh, 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 We Don't Talk About Bruno, I get why it's there in the sense of ratings and viewings. I totally get it. Why is that not what opens the show? Why did you have Beyonce perform not there and not live? She's Beyonce. Confused by that. But instead, you played the song for kids almost at the end of the night. They should have swapped those two performances. <laughs> It, Almost it, at the like, end of the night. It would have what been is... the simplest thing that you could have done to at least fix 1% of the shit show. Swap those two That's performances. Open it with yep. the Silly Kids song that you obviously shoved in there because it just became number yep. one like yesterday and you weren't ready for it. Yep. And then put Beyonce where she belongs because that was actually a very meaningful performance. <laughs> yeah, you want people to stick around. Tell them Beyonce is going to be performing at 10 o'clock. People will stick around. They're not going to log off. I promise. Like... That's yeah, I think I think that's what we've really covered tonight is like we have come up with various ways not for them to have fixed the entire show. But I'm talking about you could have gone from like 2% good to 30% with very little work. That's what I'm talking. I'm talking about one tiny change and you could have had a better show. I'm not asking you to fundamentally fix all of the various horribly broken parts of this. <laughs> I just mean do one or two things. And this isn't the show it is. Like, I don't... <laughs> yeah. It's bizarre. It's so strange to <sighs> me that, like... Ah, I mean, we'll, we'll cut this off now because we keep talking about this, but it's just... um, Every year, every year, I feel like, two months of leading up to the Oscars, every year for the past, like, five, six years, maybe, you know, you'll start reading... Well, at least we do because we're obsessed with this industry. Um, We'll start reading some news about the Oscars, and every year it'll be like, hey, man... What can we do to hashtag save the Oscars? And I think this is a really, really interesting conversation because at the core of mm. how do we save the Oscars is the implication that it's not achieving success as a TV show. That's what they mean. Like, they're like, hey, man, like in like 2019 and 2020, we had like 30 million people watching the Oscars and now we have 
15, like they had 14 million last night, if I remember correctly. And they had like 9 million a year, yeah. year back. And which is obviously a big jump from like 30 million. And at some point when this whole thing became like a tel- network television spawn con, like a uh, TV production, they were like ratings equal to the success of a ceremony to celebrate film. And I understand that. I'm not I'm not expecting us to become Amish overnight. I understand why. But it's bizarre to me that like the whole how do we save the Oscars? Why doesn't anyone want to host thing? Like if that's the, it's just, they're just asking the wrong question, right? Like they're like, how do we make it a more successful television production? And that means they're just going to do like sillier and sillier bits, like hire sillier people, perform like sillier songs and sillier ways. Like they're just going to like, they're going to add like a fan favorite, like hashtag voting awards that we can all talk about how great Zack Snyder is. Again, like he's good. He's great at his job, but like, this is, you're answering the wrong question. Like if you want to celebrate film, maybe you have to understand that everyone in America doesn't need to tune into a gimmick show and maybe just like lean really hard into celebrating the actual art behind it. And maybe you'll actually find the core audience that you actually want. I don't understand why it needs to be what it is because if they're chasing that, they're chasing like ratings, there is absolutely no light at the end of this tunnel. Like we're going to get more Twitter voted awards. We're going to get, we're going to, at some point we're going to end up with a ceremony where they just say the big three and everything yes. else is relegated. And then every star in Hollywood gets, every star in Hollywood that matters gets like a 10 minute stand up comedy bit window where they can just do what they want on stage. And then everything is sponsored yeah. by HelloFresh. Like that's that's what I imagine is going to happen. Like <laughs> 10 years Casper down the line. Exactly. Yeah. And now, no, no. yeah, honey, you're good quote. Because I thought it was bizarre that like Rachel Zegler didn't have an invite to the award, to the show like a week ago. How are you not going to invite her? She was the star of West Side Story. I, How do you yeah. not invite her to the Oscars? Like, obviously no, I, you're not celebrating the art at that point. We all had to make I, it, people had to make an outrage on Twitter for her to get an invite. Right. What is the show about at that point? No, I think you, I, I really like what you just said in terms of like, that it's, it's if, if that's all you're going to, if you're going to keep chasing those ratings, then you're fighting a losing battle. Because I think you're exactly right. And the biggest like marker for that is... What you just said, right? At the beginning of us recording this, you said that you had to, if I'm right, you tried to find a stream, right? Not a very good one. Mm-mm. And I'm assuming a stream not on an official platform. We'll call it that. Am I right? Let's put it that way, yes. Right. Maybe that's because you still can't stream the goddamn thing. Like, I don't, the only way to stream it is if, and I had to do this, I had to go re-sign up for YouTube TV because I can't stream the fucking thing because I don't have cable <laughs> because I'm not over the age of 50. So unless you have a cable subscription and thereby you have access to ABC Go or you pay for uh, 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 YouTube TV or um, Fubo TV in the United States, oh God. you can't watch it. So that's my point to you. Exactly what you just said, right? As long as they keep chasing ratings, they're going to fail. You can tell that they don't know what the hell they're doing because if they really cared about ratings, this shit would be on Hulu night of for free, able to be watched by any subscriber. Like, easily. Like a major... Sh- I'm not saying you still don't get people to pay for it. I'm saying, why is the only option that you have to sign up for a fairly expensive cable package, which is what they are now, right? YouTube TV is just a cable package, in order to watch it. Why can't I not just sign up for a free trial of Hulu or continue paying my eight ninety nine a month on Netflix or what the hell ever? And the only option, like... And it's owned by ABC, so you're telling me Disney couldn't have done that? Disney couldn't have thrown it up on Disney Plus? 
what i i don't understand <laughs> if you want viewers don't don't change anything else about the show keep this shit show exactly the way it was how do you not put it up on a platform to have people watch it if that's what you care about so confusing even nickelodeon um, lets you watch the teen choice awards yes! on the website <laughs> Yes, thank you. Yes, this is not Great the conclusion example. I expected to come to today, Great but I example. think the Academy should watch more Nickelodeon. <laughs> I like that. Okay, I think that's a great ending of our complaining. That's awesome. Um, I, I want to segue into things we enjoyed by saying that you and I were not a fan of the Twitter polls and the online poll, like fan favorite awards. I will say, I'm not mad at who won them. Yeah. I think it's the funniest thing that has ever happened. <laughs> and I wouldn't change it for a goddamn second. That they had to, in the biggest night in movies, say, when the Flash enters the Speed Force. <laughs> I think that is so inescapably funny. And the fact that, if I remember correctly, the number one fan favorite movie of the year was Zack Snyder's Army, Army of, of the, the Dead. Dead. God damn it, that's funny. I that's mean, like as thank funny God as for the Bodie internet, man. Yes, it's the same level. God of for like, the internet. Honestly, I, I love, love it. <laughs> love it that they took it and just demolished it. Because my favorite part is obviously those awards were put there. They were put there to get Marvel movies, right? They're put there to give Spider Man something. Yeah, that's like why they exist is to get Marvel movies something. And instead, they both went to Zack Snyder movies. <laughs> they didn't. They were just not ready for the number of Reddit film bros in the Snyder fan army. They were so not prepared for that. Funny. And I love it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. No notes. Please keep it next year. Please. God, please keep it. I want them to keep it so bad so that we can just keep ruining it. We have to watch the full Snyder it. Cut every year. Yeah, and have them be like, this year we actually voted for Zack Snyder's Justice the Justice is Grey. And you're like, that wasn't a movie that came out this year. And they go, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that's us complaining about the awards, rightfully so, for 51 minutes. Uh, what are some things that we liked Let's try to add a little bit of positivity here and not in a we all wish we could celebrate love way, which is what 90% of the speeches last night were, which was very upsetting. <laughs> there was like three that were good and the rest of them were, you know, we should all love each other. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> oh, Jessica, What are some things that we're happy about? Uh, I'm happy that Jane Campion won Power of the Dog for Best Director. I'm uh, so happy about that. Great win. That felt right. I it would have been a I would have wished that she had won. I losing to Spielberg would have been truly fascinating. I wouldn't have been upset. I just would have been fascinated. But I'm very glad she won. Like that does feel correct. I'm all on board for that. Um. Yeah, I was happy with that. Ariana DeBose winning for West Side Story. That felt cool. I don't a hundred percent know that I agree with the win, <laughs> but I like the narrative. I like the idea that the this character has won twice. It feels like a very kind of big full circle sort of thing. Um, and she's great. Like, I liked her in the movie. I think there might have been stronger picks. But I, I, I'm i not mad about the win either. Um, n absolutely no offense given to Judy Dench. But if she had won, I think I would have been upset. Like, <laughs> I sh that's not your denchiest work. Like, I think there's... <laughs> you've denched harder. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's, you know... <laughs> That was your, that was the Oscars always have one nominated older woman. Always, 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 always. Typically and British, yeah. <laughs> typically British, right. And like, that's all that was. So that would have been more upsetting. So I'm okay with that. 
Um, kind of the same vi- uh, uh, vein, rather, is Troy Kotzer uh, winning for Coda for Best Supporting Actor. Wonderful speech. Uh, very, 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 obviously, like, that felt like one of the moments kind of of the night. Like, this is going to stick around in in the, the cultural memory. Again, I think there might have been a little more interesting picks in terms of performances, but I'm not mad at the win. Those felt like wins I was not upset about. Um, I wasn't really upset with Will Smith either. I think there was better picks, but whatever. Uh, it's a career award. All good. Um, also, just the fact that he still won after all that was just... I I was more excited to see him have to get back up there than anything else. Like, man, this is going to be great. <laughs> what a what a, what a moment. moment. Uh, that's probably the best irony from the show is they tried so hard to make something that would show up on Twitter and they could never have imagined something that would make it as fast as that. Right? Like, they, yep. they tried so hard. <laughs> it's, I, yeah. It's a, it's a perfect punchline to everything we've been Wonderful. saying. They did everything they could. They did. We don't talk about Bruno featuring Megan Thee Stallion. And at the end mm-hmm. of the day, something unscripted became what yep. they could what they could Bigger have than never they done. Ever could have <laughs> yep. 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 Absolutely wonderful. And I loved it. Um, I do think it's very funny. Uh, the At the beginning of the night when the show started, I looked over to Alex and I was like, you know, this is actually a really interesting stage. Uh, like I've never seen them, uh, uh, shoot on a stage that is so low. Like when I, 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 the first winner who got up there, I noticed like, wow, they really just took like a little half step up as opposed to having to like walk up a, a steep set of stairs. You know, there's sort of the famous, there's always somebody who trips, whatever. And even the way it was set up, I was like, man, this is really interesting. It feels a lot more intimate. Um, somebody in the room said it felt like a jazz club. And I was like, yeah, it does. It really feels like you could just like get up on that stage with like no problems. It's almost <laughs> like you would go up there and slap the host. Yeah, I was like, oh shit. Like <laughs> it really felt prophetic later on. Like, oh damn. Yeah. Well, bet they're not doing that again. <laughs> Next year, it's, it's going to be an amphitheater and it's going to be goddamn impossible to get up there. You're going to need repelling equipment to get <laughs> yeah. up there. They're like, no, no, you're actually going to stay there. We're going to come bring a microphone to you. <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm okay with those wins. Uh, let's see. Other things. Drive my car for Best International. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, I learned something interesting today. Did you know that the winner of Best International is not the director? So Hamaguchi it? did not win for Drive My Car. The country wins. Japan won. Yeah. <laughs> like... Japan is the official receiver of the award Drive My Car. So he is technically not an Oscar winner. No, he accepts it on behalf of the country. Wow. Isn't that weird? It's like that a, sounds I like don't the know. most American thing I've heard <laughs> in a while. It really does. I hear something with... super American every day. <laughs> it's weird, man. I don't like it at all. That's I think very it's like so, the World Series so of strange. Baseball energy. Very strange to be like, well, yes, we're going to give this award to Japan. I feel like that's not the point. I feel like the point isn't which country gave us the best movie. It's the countries nominate the director or whatever producer, et cetera, who made the best movie in their opinion. And then they send them to us. So then we should be awarding them. Not like good job to you, the country for picking someone really good. That's a, so weird. <laughs> being what? born in your country. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's just so weird. Even in like a very simple analogy way of like, I gave you the parents an A because your kid did well on a math test. What? What are you talking about? Like, that doesn't make any sense. 
Very weird. That's very, um, truly very I'm America. glad I drive my car one. I just think the process is very weird. Uh, I really <laughs> like drive my car. Very, very good. Flea would have been a, a, a good second, but happy about that one. Um, I did not see any documentaries, but Flea, yet again, because I'm really bad at watching documentaries that aren't about animals and uh, are there to put me to sleep. Um, other things. Uh, Dune taking almost all the technicals. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Um, I you saw Dune, yes? This is one of the I few did, you did. I did, I did. Okay, and we've never had our Dune episode, which I still think we should do. Um, I'm not mad. There's some that I think I would have liked better. I think cinematography. I I don't think it should have gone to Dune. I, that's one of the few. Um, but beyond that, like, I don't know. I'm 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 okay with it. Uh, best original score going to Dune, like Zimmer, f- his first Oscar, which feels almost insane to say like i don't i don't even know how that's possible but it's true um and he wasn't there to get yeah, it, it was and it's extremely shocking <laughs> which is so funny that uh what's his face had to get it uh uh, uh aquaman uh <laughs> had to stand up and accept it it's just like why did they send him i don't know it's just weird but <laughs> timmy's um, outfit was too weird <laughs> yeah i yeah it's exactly they're like we can't possibly send him out he might say something <laughs> we don't trust him he's gonna say um, something gen z <laughs> But I, I don't know. I like it. Like, they invented instruments for it. I get it. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Why not? I'm on board. Production design, I think, could have gone elsewhere. But I get why. Um, so, yeah, that feels fine. Sound, again, like, yes. I don't even know if there's another option. Like, Dune is going to win for best sound. Yeah. It was wild. It's one of the few things, even when I first saw it, I've watched it twice now. I liked it much better the second time around. Part of that might be because I could actually hear it. Because <laughs> the first time around, I didn't know what they were saying, ever. I think my theater's sound was bad. Uh, and I did complain about that after. And Alex and I were like, yeah, we really didn't like that. What bad mixing. And then we went and talked to friends of ours. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, we could understand every word. And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> so, shout out to the mixing. Sorry that I didn't believe that you did a good job originally, dude. You did a very good job. Um, cinematography, again, I think it could have gone to West Side Story. But I'm not mad about it. Costume design going to Cruella felt correct. Again, I, I'm just not mad about it. Like, yeah, the costumes were crazy. That was very, very cool. They did a great job of it. And I liked learning about it. Um, best visual effects, best editing. That, that all feels right. I'm, I'm really not upset that Dune swept the technicals at all. Um, other than makeup and hairstyling, which went the eyes of Tammy Faye. Have not seen it, but I'm not shocked at all. They really like biopics for that. Mm-hmm. So, makes sense. And House of Gucci was not going to get it. So, um <laughs> Although I will say, he sure doesn't look like Jared Leto when he's in that movie. So, I mean, they did a good job, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, not mad about any of those awards. Um, liked some of the speeches, liked some of the dresses. I guess that's kind of it. It's about all I liked. I don't know if I liked much else. <laughs> um, did I like anything else? No, I guess. Hmm. That's okay. <laughs> That's, That's okay. allowed. I liked uh, I liked Lady Gaga and uh, Liza uh, Minnelli. Uh, that was great. It really. I don't know much about Lady Gaga. That's what I've discovered. I really don't know anything about her. I I I don't consume her music in the way I think other people do. I certainly don't consume her celebrity in the way others do. Just watch her documentary. Again, it, it, as she great says, example. it's ten minutes later. I've never watched. After Eric says, "I'm very bad at watching documentaries." Yeah, um, but I would, I would yeah, recommend it. I'll I think it's it. on Netflix. It's called like Five Foot Two or Five Foot One or. Okay, five see, foot that's your recommendation. I should do that because um, I, I just don't 
know her. I really only know her from her pop hits, obviously, and then I know her from A Star is Born, and that's kind of it. But the few things I do know about her were once again confirmed tonight that she definitely seems to have a, a actual, and I, there could be a very good reason for this I'm not aware of, but she seems to have like a very personal, I don't even know what to say, like attachment, mission, uh, uh, in regards to like elder performers. Yeah. Like, and, and she seems to really treat it with a lot of gravitas and respect and care. I'm thinking about the, the Tony Bennett, right? Wasn't that the album she did with him? Yep. Yeah, like, it really seems to be like a, there's like something personal about this for her that I think is just interesting. Um, so that was nice. Um, yeah. Those are all the nice things I have to say about that entire award show. Any any other nice things you have to say about it? Yeah, you said a ton of a ton of mine, but I think all of my, my little moments are, as we've repeatedly talked about, are all kind of linked to exactly like that, like moments that displayed people being able to show their passion for the field, you know, like in some form, really, really letting the passion out. Like I was very happy about the Cruella costume design win. Actually, I was actively super happy about it. Um, I, I mean, I, I think, I think it, it often goes to movies like Cyrano, which are obviously you know very deserving sort of historical period pieces where it's where obviously a ton of very hard work has gone into the costuming. But I like when it's a year where just something super weird or creative gets rewarded because Cruella had to be based on just people's imaginations like you couldn't base on anything else like that that whole like garbage truck scene where the dress just kept going that had to just yeah. come out of someone's head like that didn't come from so anything cool. you know yes. and the fact that that just somebody just thought of that and then made it and that scene is still in my head to this day is very impressive um very cool so I, I enjoyed things like that I enjoyed that winning I was super super actually excited that that um not excited that's not the word also fascinated by Dune sweeping all the uh, the technicals because, y- like you said right at the top of the episode, sci-fi winning that much is pretty rare. It's weird. And these kinds yeah. of things, we don't talk about them that much. Like we talk about, you know, like musicals, comedies, horror, game-based movies, uh, sci-fi, doing sweeps, super rare. Super, super, super rare. That just doesn't happen. Um, and obviously it was an incredible movie. And I think we talked about this in our previous episode, which is that, you know, the thing we felt was probably going to hold it back the most where it would, would have been that, you know, it's a part one movie. It's not like people are probably sitting and waiting to see how part two is going to be before, you know, bestowing it all its honors, but it didn't stop it from being the most rewarded movie, awarded movie of the night, because in these categories, it's undeniably an achievement. So I really liked that too. I thought it was a big moment for sci-fi. And I think regardless of whether or not you enjoyed the movie, like one enjoyed the movie, I know we did, um, it was still a very good movie, like very well made, and it would be difficult to sort of disagree with that. Um, and I really liked, so I liked watching, I mean, <laughs> watching it in, in cut montages be celebrated. Um, also, a really funny thing that I remember was that um, at some point, like Chris Rock said, like uh, he was mentioning the tragedy of Macbeth, which is one of the movies that got nominated for cinematography. Which, yeah. as you know, you don't say the name of that. I just did it, but you're not supposed to say the name of the play. You say yes. the Scottish play, and then like five minutes later, he got slapped in the face. Oh on my live god! TV. The amount of people who post about that, I, <laughs> I, it didn't occur to me. And when I saw it on Twitter, I was like, "That's goddamn brilliant!" That's like incredible. somebody just media goes, and that's why you don't say its name. <laughs> it's very like Arrested Development, and that's why you always yes. leave a note. <laughs> it does. It feels like a crazy long setup, except the setup for the joke has been 
all of theater's history since yep. the advent of the play. Like, it's the <laughs> longest joke in history. It's awesome. The punchline <laughs> was in 2022. Yeah, the and the fact that it came from a guy who started a movie, like, at King Richard. Like, the whole thing. It just yeah. felt so, like... Like this Shakespeare does aggressive development. would have had the day of his <laughs> yes. life if he'd been watching this. <laughs> I yeah, that, that was that made me happy. Yep. I also, of course, loved um, Drive My Car Winning. Was very happy about that. Um, though I, in the time since um, our last episode and now, have become a big appreciator of um, the worst person in the world, and I hope that that movie continues oh, to get attention. God. Yes, um, it deserves a lot of a lot of yes appreciation. Very good, and it was a very creatively done movie. Um. Yes, I was. I, I shared a lot of your feelings, and the other thing I wanted to say was, um, I I think this is probably what we're going to spend some time talking about. But I am just so sort of taken aback and fundamentally happy with all the darn attention Coda got. Like I remember back when I remember telling you. I think I, I think I told you that this movie was out, and I was like, you should probably watch it back yep. in the day. So I remember. Um, what happened is, uh. I, so I got, I recently, I got a, not recently, a year ago, got um, a new Apple device. And you know, when you get a new Apple device, it gives you a one year free Apple TV plus subscription. Yep. And that is the only reason I have ever had an Apple TV plus subscription. <laughs> so, I mean, I love Ted Lasso and it is so close to making me pay for it, but it's not enough to bridge the gap. So I ha- I've had Apple TV plus for the past year. Um, thanks so much to this new device. Um, and, and every so often when a new thing drops, it'll give me a notification on my phone that's like, hey, a new movie, you should watch this. And I don't, I don't often think that Apple TV Plus movies are a thing I want to put my time into typically. So I usually sort of watch the trailer and then tend to forget about it. And I remember yep. watching the trailer for Coda and thinking, oh, this looks like a really simple good movie. And it reminded me of... I'm Okay, maybe you can help me remember the name of this movie. It's like that movie about those two young girls about a year ago um driving uh because one of them wanted to have an abortion and they had to drive to i believe new york oh uh oh hell i know what you're talking about i know what you're talking about yep it was just really like it's one of those movies that was like it could have been shot in one person's iphone and edited in an iMovie yep. it's so simple but like all the poetry lies in how humbly it was told like it was just a beautiful story and the, the choices were really really good um, and I have, I just really, I'm very drawn to movies that are about like, uh, hearing difficulties or the, the deaf community and stuff for a lot of personal reasons. And I remember watching the trailer and being like, I'll probably actually watch this one. As is a long, long build up to say that I watched that movie eventually with a friend the next, like the weekend off or something and thought this is so beautiful. It's obviously not like the best movie I've ever seen. So it probably won't get any sort of award show nods or anything. But I, I hope that outside of this little Apple TV Plus circle that people will appreciate it because it's really, mm-hmm. really good. It's very sweet, very good, very well told. doesn't need to be perfect. It's just a humble, good movie. And then this happened. And again, I, I'm not, I'm, you know, we don't really need to get into like which movie deserved it more. Or we should probably. But, the, you know, there was a lot of good candidates in that category. There were a lot of good candidates. And I think absolutely nobody thought Coda was going to win this. So I, I'm just sort of pleasantly happy. In that now we're not, we're not going back. It's one, so that's good. Um, and just sort of very surprised by this movie becoming the most, uh, giving getting the biggest award of the night all the way from like this tiny movie I once watched on a Sunday evening yeah. and thought nobody would ever talk about ever again. 
Yeah, I think this is interesting because, and, and I, you know, I've, I've shared this opinion with you before, but I think this is a weird case where we rarely disagree on this podcast, but I think I disagree with you, but not really. <laughs> That's like the only way I could describe it. I don't agree, but not really. I, I don't know how else to say it, which is basically like, I, I, well, let me start with one. Let me go back to things I'm not happy about. I think it's absolutely baffling that Coda 1 adapted screenplay. Best picture aside, I think screenplay-wise of any other component of that movie, I am truly far and away baffled that it won <laughs> in comparison to The Lost Daughter or Drive My Car or Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Um, I would even give a world to Dune in which, at least in my understanding, it's supposed to be like a notoriously like quagmire, you know, this is impossible to adapt kind of a thing. So I, I have told people this many times and I swear to God, I don't mean it as an insult. Coda to me felt like an advanced decom. It, it's, it's exactly the movie you think it's going to be. It doesn't have any real surprises. Like, and I'm not saying every movie should, I just mean, even when you read like the basic plot outline of like, she wants to do a choir concert. Will she like, you know how this movie ends. Mm -hmm. You've seen it. You've seen it on the Disney channel. This is a slightly better version of it, but like it's there. That doesn't mean it's bad. I just don't think that means it was to win for a best adapted screenplay. But let's go back to best picture. Here's where I think I disagree with you, but not really. I I was less enamored with Coda than you were, but I was never mad at it. I it just felt very to your point, I think where I actually do agree with you, it just felt surprising. Like when it started to really gain steam, I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. Like, this is never the movie I would have thought would have garnered attention uh, from the public, let alone from the Academy. And then suddenly it just started steamrolling, right? Just every award. And, and, and I do think there's certainly something interesting about that, considering its subject matter and its creators. And, like, that's true. Um I still, uh, you know, you said this at the top and I, I, you know, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I think this is how I feel at the end of the day. I don't think Coda is a bad movie. I wildly, wildly don't believe it is the best movie of the year um, by like a huge long shot. However, here's where I think I don't actually disagree with you. I'm not mad that it won. I'm neutral that it won. It's on my list of like, there's... Two, that I think I would have been happy if it won. No, three. I think if Drive My Car, Power of the Dog, or West Side Story had won, I would have been happy. Particularly Power of the Dog, which is my pick. Then there's my neutral, which is like Coda, Dune, King Richard, Nightmare Alley, I guess. And then there's my, what on earth are you doing? Or not really what on earth, but like, this is a very weird choice which is probably belfast and licorice pizza and, don't and then there's i would have actively been upset with you i'm literally pissed <laughs> which is don't look up like so i i will say i coda doesn't fall into my mad category at all i'm a little bit disappointed by the dog but i'm not mad coda one i think it could have won in a year with a lot different lineup i'm, I'm a little confused but i'm not mad um i think more than anything what it really shows over and over again now, and I, I, I'm really starting to like, I think this is screwing with my stats and it's screwing with my understanding of the Oscars, but I keep having to remind myself that 
because of the preferential voting and the expansion to 10 nominees, the winners, even more so than before, will continue to be movies that are widely appreciated, not beloved and not hated. Because of preferential voting, you have to look at movies that are going to be second or third picks, not number ones and not number tens, because they're too volatile. So everybody has number ones. And that it, it was that's what I, I keep having to remind myself that that's going to be the case now. And it makes a lot more sense when you think about it in that way, where I'm sure Coda was some people's number one, but I can't imagine it was a ton. But The Power of the Dog number ones, The West Side Story number ones, The King Rich number ones, The Dune number ones, those are all very different movies. So they're all going to cannibalize each other. But what's sitting at number two? Coda. <laughs> or what's sitting at number three? Coda. Like it's just sitting there in the wing sort of like, I'm here when you're ready for me. And lo and behold, it wins the night. Like it makes sense to me. It, it has broad appeal. It's a feel-good movie that a lot of people can watch. Uh, it makes sense. Um I also think that, you know, you and I have talked about before that they hate Netflix. They hate Netflix more than they can describe. I guess they really hate it. I didn't think they hated it this much. But boy, oh boy, do they not like it. I will say, though, I think there's a really interesting thing to be said here from the Apple perspective that I haven't seen enough talked about. I think Apple, there's a, there. I think this is going to be some really interesting analysis coming out after this having to do with like market spend. Because there's something to be said for the fact that I, I don't, personally, I didn't see virtually any marketing from Netflix on Power of the Dog, like at all. I don't know where it was, but I know this. I saw Coda marketing everywhere, everywhere. Apple marketed the shit out of Coda once this became an award contender. Uh, it was on every bus. It was on every you know bus uh, bus stop. It was on TV commercials. It was in the grocery store everywhere. And they ready made it on the phone. Every time I logged into my library to watch a movie, there's Coda, right? Like... Coda, Academy Award nominee. Like, because they own it, and Apple products make up, what is it, like 58% or 60% of the, at least the United States smartphone market share? That means they can advertise basically for free to 60% of America. It's brilliant. And I, I think it has a lot to say, like, I think there's a lot of implications for the future in terms of how is this going to change the landscape? Because they didn't pay a lot for that movie. They paid like $20 million for that movie. And they're, they, I mean, crazy returns on that investment. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of interest. In, like, I think if Power of the Dog had won, I would have been happy. I think it's frankly more interesting that Coda won for like the world and what comes next. I think you nailed it. I, I think we actually might be 100% in agreement. Is the thing. <laughs> I think my issue is that, once again, but my issue is that I'm, I'm having a, I'm sure you can hear this in my words, but I'm just having a hard time expressing what you actually perfectly expressed. So we can just leave it there, which is that I'm both very happy and in disagreement sort of about Coda winning. Like I, I literally share your view. I just, obviously it was a very wonderful film. I think I was, you know, drawn to it a lot more than you were, um, which, you know, is the point of a beautiful story. Well, well told, good, good stuff. Also baffling to me that it won, for adaptation, I I, I agree, dis actively also disagree with that. It would have been at the very bottom of my list for that. Um, I don't know what it accomplished in the way of adapting. <laughs> it was a great story. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, um, I I completely agree 
completely agree. And I think you, your point about we now have to think about this as a result of preferential voting is a super good point. If anything, I'm still sort of, still sort of lost that Coda made it so consistently to people's possibly yeah. number twos, threes, fours to yeah. win it. Like, I'm still confused about that because we really, really emphasized in our prep episode that this was a very sort of stylistically diverse and interesting lineup and obviously the longest, one of the longest lists, right? Because they have to have 10 now. Um, I really didn't expect it. And I, I, the problem is I don't think I can bring myself to say I didn't want it because, again, I'm happy that it's happened which is why I said, like, we're not going back, you know? Like, I'm Mm -hmm. glad it's happened. Obviously, there's nothing bad about a story like this being, you know, being put at the forefront of people's attention spans. There's obviously nothing bad about it. It can only be good. Um, I obviously, I I just worry about, you know, a situation in which people genuinely feel that other movies really, really, really deserve it more and then start thinking, well, it was only because it was a story about you know, a community or that, that is about disability or is, you know, a specific kind of story that is different from all the other ones that we see. Um, and that's why it won and wasn't really that good. And, oh, I'm, I'm sad for Jane Campion. She should have, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm worried that like, I don't know that it should have won, but I'm, I'm happy about it again. So this is why I'm tempering my yeah. words because I really don't know how to feel. Um, and as much as I really, really connected with that movie, I, I, I doesn't mean I necessarily think, you know, well, this is going to be the big one. So I'm, I'm truly baffled, but happy that the platform was given. Um, obviously, beautiful moment yeah. for that. Um, and completely agreed, though. I want to say that you were talking about how Coda was being hardcore sold over there. I think they did yeah. zero of that here. Like, when I really? say zero, I mean zero. Like, I have not seen one single commercial for it here. Nowhere on TV. Wait, what the not, hell? Not on a bus, not on a billboard, not on a mall, not on my phone. And I only use Apple devices. I've never seen a single... And I have a subscription, too. I've never seen a single ad for that movie that in the UK. That is so not weird. One, like, it's as if... Like, if I had, like I said, if I had not right. watched it last year, I would have never heard of it. It wouldn't exist. Yeah. Right. Never, ever, Well, okay. Ever. So here's what that's weird to me. The British branch of the Academy is fairly sizable. Like, Brits make up a pretty good component of the academy pretty weird that they're that they weren't advertising it then like in other words i would assume if you want to make sure that you win you advertise in britain because you have to capture that vote like it's a thing it's why so many british actors win to a degree like so then how did it win (laughs) i'm saying my thought eric is that like honestly apple didn't think this movie was gonna win i think they were sharing a lot of our thoughts which is that hey we we paid like you know not that much not that much in the grand scheme of things for this for movie. movies, yeah. It's, yeah, like 25 mil, whatever. It was, we just didn't think, you know, it's hole in the pocket. Just uh, we, we just didn't think that it was going to garner any attention at all beyond like one month's mm-hmm. worth of chat. But because, possibly because of honestly the wave of attention following The Sound of Metal, it's unexpectedly become a little big. So let's yeah. get all the viewers we can before Oscar season ends and nobody talks about it again because it's not going to win again. And my thought is that because they said, hey, look, this is this is my theory. My theory is Apple was like, hey, we, we've got this surprising gem on our hands. That said, it's not going to win, but amazing that it got all these nominations. We really didn't expect it. Maybe like a Spirit Award, but definitely not all of this. Right, so, right. and here's what they thought. They thought, hey, Power of the Dog is going to win this year. This is going to be the big one for streaming services after all of like, uh, 
Manchester by the sea and the Irishman and Roma and the big sick and Amazon and Netflix being in each other's throats, Netflix is going to come out the winner and it's going to open the field for all of the streaming services that have been, you know, uh, cursed all these years. So let's sell Coda. Let's get, let's capture this attention. After Power of the Dog wins from next year, we can start being real campaigners for this award because they never saw it coming. So my thought is the U.S. was just like a localized experiment. Like, I don't think that they were doing this worldwide. And I don't think it was for a, a sincere Oscar That's campaign. so interesting. My thought is they yeah. were like, let's just plant the seeds that we have an almost winner on our hands. And now Netflix is going to win and break it. And next year we can have the real winner. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting. I I had no idea it wasn't being presented there. I, I That's such an interesting difference between the two. And I I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I, I really don't. I don't know. I, I, you know, there's so much about, like, Academy voting that is so alien to everyone who's not in it like it's you know what i mean we'll never know we'll never know the they don't really publicize the campaigning that goes on ever so there's not unless you like are a die hard trade follower and you just are obsessed with variety or, or vanity fair or something like you're not gonna know really what's going on with the the campaigning and all the you know they have all kinds of luncheons and breakfasts and there's like a, a hundred events between when they announce it and when it happens it's nuts and there's so much money that goes into it from the the campaigning side that we're never really going to know ever, except for perception. So, but I, I mean, my point being to this, like, I'm fascinated to know. And I think this kind of feels like the year to do it because even aside from Power of the Dog not winning, I do think this year felt different. And because Apple won, I'm assuming this is going to change the field. Absolutely. Because this year we have Power of the Dog, that which was expected to go all the way, is Netflix's cheap purchase. Coda was Apple's cheap purchase. Um, uh, uh, Summer of Soul, if I'm remembering correctly, is Hulu's purchase. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, was their documentary purchase? Again, like huge in terms of documentaries. Like all of these streaming services made a bunch of relatively cheap purchases and made up, I think, the largest share of the Academy Awards that they've ever made. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like movies owned by streaming services. That's going to change things like that's shift. That is going to shift the perspective of who is in power here. And I'm just I'm so fascinated to know how that's going to do. Like, I would love to see to your point. I want to I hope Netflix doesn't make a documentary about the slap. I want them to instead do. I want to know about this year's award campaign. Like, show me how it happened. How did Coda come out of left field? What happened to Power of the Dog, which was on lock? Like what what occurred that caused all of this? I don't know. I, I, I really hope they do. Uh, part of the big well, rift we keep talking about between like this being a you know a, like a trade show like you said the big culmination yes this thing and it being a big television yeah. production where nobody some where 90% yeah. of the audience doesn't have the time to care completely about completely separate you know? yeah or we'll never know because it's under like corporate like they don't have to tell you right they're not like public <laughs> they don't yeah. have to announce any of it like, something has to, say, like people have to announce <laughs> the wrong movie for us to care about how the boxes are delivered yeah you know like that has yeah, to happen yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. I forgot about that. Nobody knew how it <laughs> oh, happened. Yeah. yeah, I remember that That's being right. the only year we have ever, ever, ever yep. cared about how the actual answer gets delivered to the presenter. So That's right. Yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. I want to finish this off with a question to you. Uh, I have a surprise answer. I'm going to tell you that right now. I have an answer that you are not aware of. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease you with that. But I have a question for you. If there is a movie either at the awards this year or that did not show up, that you, as in a movie that was not nominated from 2021, that you saw that you wish would have gotten more award attention 
maybe this is a person, maybe it's a movie, whichever. Which do you pick? Like what's, you know, I give you full control to go back and Kang the Conqueror this and and make it your own thing. What do you, who, who, what, which movie or which actor or whatever, who do you put in? What do you think was missing this year? Oh, I'm or could so have gotten excited more? for your answer. And I, I'm yeah. assuming you're not going to go all Green Knight because we've already heard about that, and it's true. That's, yeah. So if you do you want me to give you time to think? I'll give you my answer. G- give us your answer. Okay. You actually said the movie that is my answer. This is why this is so shocking. I know. Everyone expects this to be Green Knight. I loved Green Knight to death. I'm pissed it wasn't there. Not my answer. My answer is Cyrano. I saw it last night, and that movie blew my mind. And I, I, I think I will probably, it will take me a lot of years to forget about how confused I am sitting here right now <laughs> with the lack of nominations this movie got, which I can only chalk up to the fact that its distributor, which I think was United Artists, must have just bungled this campaign to no end. Like oh, they must have just, man. I don't know. But the fact that Peter Dinklage did not get a best acting nom, let alone win, because he should have. The fact that it's not up for best picture. It's not up for best. I guess it can't be original score because it's technically an adaptation. I guess. I don't really know how that works, but I, I would assume. Um, so I guess it wouldn't be up for song either. But it's, I would say sound, production design, costume design. Uh, I would give it cinematography nomination and a Best Picture nomination. Um, I think it is severely missing. That movie was breathtakingly beautiful and he i think it's one of joe wright's best works i mm. unpopular opinion i haven't seen a lot of stuff i haven't seen prior prejudice atonement so i haven't seen his big stuff i will i will grant the world that but i think it's more interesting than some of his other stuff i just it's deeply deeply beautiful and it's better than at least four of the nominated best pictures uh <laughs> I, I i i think that's the missing one as much as i loved green knight i think green knight was novel to me it was novelty. It was inspirational. It was, it was um, sort of shocking and arresting. But I also think it was, it was like raw, rawer. I don't know if that's a real word, but it was more raw. Like it was, it was more unfinished. And I think there's so to it that is interesting. But yeah, I think Cyrano is the one that I am most upset about. I think it should have been there. Wow, I'm so glad to hear that. Actually, I haven't seen it yet, but I, as you can imagine, they yeah. Do you know I, why all the seen it? Why? Because it's nowhere. <laughs> you can't... I had to rent it. I had to rent it for 20 goddamn dollars. It makes you on... very sad to hear that. <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> oh my God. No, the thing is, the reason I'm genuine, the reason I have no excuse here is because I live in the one country where they've been spending all the marketing money. Like, I think this I is bet. where they've been pushing it. We have <laughs> been like, getting you what you've been this. getting for Coda. <laughs> yeah, they were like, you guys, you don't understand how set They're up you are for this, for, for this darn movie. No, no, no. They've been it's selling the trailers here hard i've seen it everywhere not not recently i mean but you know Damn. like um two months ago it was everywhere um anyway and I, I kept thinking i really really want to see it but it was you know the holidays and either you get to it or you get covid so right, right, right. Um, so you and happened. i need to parent trap is what i'm hearing we re- absolutely no i'm i'm very behind <laughs> you i just I, I i i want that to be true and i'm gonna go watch that's it and i and i was hoping that somebody at some point Beautiful. would be like hey man that Cyrano movie that you were dying to watch it's actually really good I needed that to be true. So astounding makes me yeah, very happy. I will watch it. Um, and I do have an answer and I'm splitting the vote two ways. Um, I don't okay. think these are going to, I think one of these isn't going to be super surprising. The other one is just, I really want it. Um, 
one of one of my picks is I really, really wanted the French Dispatch. Like I really ah, enjoyed yeah. that damn movie, and I wanted it to Pretty win weird. cinematography. I cannot not Pretty just weird get that nominated. It didn't get a single nom. Honestly, yeah. the cinematography was so damn good. I think okay. Here's the thing. My take on that movie is it's it's extreme Wes Anderson. Like it's he Andersoned yeah. his way out of his Anderson. <laughs> he really Anderson hard, and and when he Andersons super hard. It, it, you can imagine this. Anybody who's seen Wes Anderson movies, if you Anderson to the max, you kind of hurt some elements of the movie. Like if you Anderson yeah. too hard, your, your storyline, some things go a little out of whack because you're Andersoning. But you know what mm. goes really well? The cinematography. Like if you, if you Anderson to the max, you can only help cinematography. You cannot harm it. There is no bad side to Anderson. Okay, maybe there is. I haven't seen it yet. But I really believe that it should have gotten both the nom and the win for that. Like, it was that good to me. Um, and my other answer is I cannot believe Belle was not nominated and didn't win for animated. Mm. I just have no connection yeah. to Encanto. Um, I mean, I, I liked it. It was fine. Actually, I didn't even like it. That was kind of a lie. It was It was fine. Yeah. It was definitely a movie. <laughs> I definitely watched it. And I'm glad that I have checked yep. that cultural pillar off my list. But I will not be going back and... Bring Bell into the mix. That's what I have yeah, to say. Yeah, I I think Bell would have been my number two. Honestly, like the the only reason I'm picking Cyrano first is that it would be eligible for more categories. Bell, by being animation, and because the Academy is the Academy, it would never be eligible outside of I guess three, maybe four. Right, best score, best song, Excellent. best movie, best animated, maybe best director if the Academy's feeling like particularly saucy. Best writing, like it's just it's so rare to get it outside of anything but best animated. Um, but I think if I have split my vote, Bell's number two. I yeah. How is it not up for song? Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna lose mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been our post. Uh, what was this? The 94th Oscars, 94th Oscars recap. Um, this has been a delight. I really like. We touched on a lot of really interesting things here. I'm very glad I got to hear pers- your perspective on a lot of this. I feel the same way, Eric. This is great. Uh, if you want to hear more heavily nuanced and educated discussion, really intellectual <laughs> stuff, uh, you can check out our other episodes, which are just like this. They're just as deep and well thought out. Um, uh, you know, check out the Scoob one. I think that one you're really going to – we really, really get into the whole uh, 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 you know mise-en-scene and compare it to Lumiere films. Uh, you're going to love it. Uh so if you want more of that, you can find us on any podcast platform that you your heart desires. We're there. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at AYSWPod. Uh, and uh, if you really want to find us, probably the best way is to go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash AYSW. We would love for you to support us. Uh, I'm going to shout out our supporter because I think we officially have two Indeed. Am I right about that? Indeed. I think we have two. And I think one of them is my fiance. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, in fact, I think both of them are nepotism. I think that might be true. I believe our our two uh, uh, supporters on Patreon right now, I'm, I'm going to start shouting them out because that's something people do, I think. Um, uh, thank you so much to our two, our, our two uh, uh, patrons, uh, Alex Probst, uh, who I don't know who that is. And uh, <laughs> Sylvia uh, Ramos, uh, who is my wonderful aunt, uh, who recently became a patron. I promise we will start doing something with it. I have had so many thoughts of what to do. And then instead, I was watching these movies. 
So <laughs> it's sort of not my fault and sort of entirely my fault. Uh, but thank you so much for being patrons and we would love for other people to join us uh, on Patreon. We'd love to keep doing this for you. Any final thoughts for us, Shalila? Uh, keep wearing your mask when you go to the theaters. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, they really haven't thought about the fact, like, they're really convinced that we're okay with not distancing anymore. So they've allowed everybody to fill every seat, which is so annoying. Uh, so that's a great one. Keep your mask on in the theater. Or you're going to end up like London is right now. Is it a nightmare? You're like my canary in the coal mine, always, because it all, it's always there before it's here. So whenever you and I record, I'm like, oh, great. This gives me about... A month Three to prepare. Weeks. Yeah. yeah if I, we could I go know back in time, general, I wish I had, I had like okay. sounded the toilet go. paper alarm ahead of time. Like, hey, yeah. you want to just do a quick trip to Target, Eric? Pick up every Ooh. roll in sight. That's true. It's like time traveling. Oh, that's great. This is awesome. I'm so excited to find out three weeks now. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Well, I have no final thoughts other than uh, please don't let the Oscars become your barometer for the state of film. I know we complained a lot today and it's because there's a lot to complain about, but legitimately, despite there being like three movies total that I wasn't happy about being nominated, there is like a ridiculous number of amazing films that were nominated this year across virtually every category. It is, this was such a like bountiful year for film. Uh, And I really, really encourage folks to check it out. So many of them are available on streaming right now. Um, There's very little excuse not to watch them. Uh, except Cyrano, that's not your fault. So, uh, unless you're in Britain, and then it is your fault. So, that's all I'm going to say. Thank you for joining us for our 94th Oscar recap. I'm Eric. And I'm Shalila. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.